You're listening to Tara Lynn's A Geek Saga podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. Hi, I'm Tara Lynn of Geek Saga Entertainment, and welcome to the first episode of my 2002 Walt Disney World College Program 20 Year Reunion Series. This episode will focus on our pre-college program experiences, checking in for our college program, and our first week or two there. I'm joined by my friend Jonathan, who started his Fall Advantage 2002 college program at about the same time as I arrived for my summer one that year. So Jonathan, why don't you introduce yourself real quick. Uh, If you have public social media, tell us where to find you. If not, no big deal. And and don't say anything about your college program, because we'll get into that in a minute. Right. So, hi, uh, Jonathan. Um, I don't really have public social media, so... Um, You're not alone in that. (laughs) Honestly, we're kind of at that age where it's always a toss-up. Like, obviously, a lot of my friends from conventions and stuff have it for cosplay Mm -hmm. or their podcast or whatever. But outside of that, most people are like, nah, don't find me. (laughs) So, okay, well... As I already mentioned, I'm Tara. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at a Geek Saga and on the web at geeksaga.com. So let's get into it. First, I want to talk about where we were in our lives when we found out about the Walt Disney World College Program, which is a little bit different for me. So I'm actually going to kick, and, and also because I already discussed a lot of this in my 2001 reunion series, which you can find on my YouTube channel and uh, also on my website and I believe Spotify as a podcast. So uh, I'm going to kick my thing off rather than telling people how I found out about the college program because I've already done that quite a bit. I'm just going to read something that I wrote after returning from my 2001 college program because it shows the mindset that I was in and it also really shows why I decided to apply for another college program even if it was just a summer alumni program. So what I wrote was, When I think back on the college program now, I barely remember details from my many days of work or from the dozens of parties I went to. Instead, I always come back to certain moments, all of those remarkable human encounters that I got to witness and take part in, encounters that taught me more about people and what they are made of than the previous 18 and a half years of my life. I'm glad I understood that it was personally very important for me to stick with the college program despite all that I endured, because otherwise I might not have finished it and I'm exceedingly proud of myself that I did. Having said all of this, I know that there is some attraction that the college program held and still holds for me that I can't quite explain, not even to myself. It's a sort of a rational pull that I think many of my fellow alumni also feel for a while, and it prompts us to do something that normal people would consider crazy, wanting to do the college program again. So... I'll I'll get into you know my story of how I ended up back on the college program in a minute, but first, since this is your first time on this series, I want you to share your experiences with or thoughts you might have had when you found out about the college program, when you were searching for information about it, like your application process, ever, like anything you can think of, and then all the things. Yeah, and then based on what you say, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll have some additional like leading questions <laughs> to right. ask you. So so yeah so. So what about so, you? So it's funny you mentioned that it's about the people thing. That was the best part about the program. Um, you know, during it, after it, etc. You know, you can spend all the time you want in an amusement park, but it's the people that make the difference. So you know, that was easily the best part is all the people I met and met afterwards too. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, I, that 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 made the world a difference, you know, rather than anything else. But how I found out about about the program. So, back on our family's trip, November nineteen ninety nine. So way back in the days, we were waiting for. We we're at downtown Disney back when it was called downtown Disney, and we were waiting for our boat back to um, Port Orleans French Quarter, which or I'm sorry, Riverside, which was I think still called Dixie Landings at the time. Yikes. And um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one of the cast members at the boats, he had a name tag that instead of his hometown, it was his college. And like, oh, that's different. Let me ask him. And so I asked him, he goes, yeah, well, I'm part of this Disney college program thing. And, oh, wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah, we all have, you know, our housing and, you know, we all hang out together and it's, you know, a lot of fun. You do a semester of it. Oh, cool. Well, here comes the boat. So deuces. And, um, you know, it just sparked that little spark in your brain. And it was 
when we got home, I immediately started, you know, um, Yahoo searching and web crawler searching um, it and, you know, just basically trying to find out as much information about it as possible, which was very limited at the time because, you know, it's 1999. So the internet isn't as big of a thing as it is today, you know, and Disney didn't have their act together on their official website. So, all you could find out was through unofficial sites, which actually made it more appealing to me because they told the real story. They, you know, said, yeah, it's a huge party. You get to hang out with a bunch of people. There's, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, very sociable people. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, the best freaking time. It's like, that's right on my alley. That sounds great. So then I went into RIT. It always kind of like stuck in the back of my head of, oh, you know, that'd be just the coolest thing. But then I went up to RIT and, you know, that's a very rigid kind of like, you know, five-year structure at that school, you know, because of the co-ops and because of all the other stuff that, you know, goes on there. You know, I didn't really think it was in the cards for me, but I'd still look from time to time. And then I would say unexpectedly, I got a lot of time during spring break. Um, it wasn't really planned to be that way, but that's the way life hands you cards and sometimes they hand you those cards for the right reasons. So kind of bummed about, you know, plans falling through. I went on, oh, you know, what would have been better than this is Disney. So I went on and found the official Disney college program website and found out that they were going to be doing a presentation at MCC, which was to call the community college right down the road. I think like two days from when I looked on the website, it's like, holy crap. Okay. This has to be some sort of thing. I want to go. So went, Saw the presentation, had a great time. Dad gave me the okay, filled out the application that day, had the interview, I think it was like either that day or the next day with the uh, traveling person that went with the recruiter who was, I think he said he was at one of the all-star sports, like one of the um, custodial managers or hospitality managers at all-stars, but did the interview, rocked it. Um, you know, and uh, thought, hey, yeah, if this works, this is great. If not, you know, it's, you know, extremely limited to get in. And then um, a week or two later, I got my Hogwarts letter. I'm sorry, Disney letter. And, uh, you know, by myself in the middle of the afternoon, and I, I knew I had to commit. This isn't even in, in the list of questions I usually ask, but just out of curiosity, because I don't remember. What year were you in college when you applied? I applied in 2002, so, so spring, March, March 2002. For So were you sophomore or <clears throat> freshman? I was a freshman. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was a freshman too, and I applied. I, I was just trying. I was like, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember how old you are. So uh, <laughs> Listen, we don't need to talk about that. We we're, 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 we're already, we're already aging ourselves. <laughs> I, I'm, um, I'm obviously well-aged at this point. It's so funny because, you know, you're talking about how little information there was in 1999 and a lot of the websites that I found when, cause I didn't know about the college program till, uh, like partway through my first semester of college. So that was like fall of 2000. So about a year later or something. And I remember searching and there was, there were at this point, there was at least one, maybe two message boards. And there were a lot of websites, but a lot of them had been like a lot of them were from the past, like, six months to a year. So it's, there, there wasn't, obviously there wasn't the extreme amount of information that there was, you know, by the time you and I had both done this college program, but there was definitely more for me when I was searching in late 2000 than there was in 99 for you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's, that's really funny. It's actually really cool that you caught that. Uh, Cause I mean, I went there with my family in like summer 98, I believe. So I, I guess I, I was, I was young enough then where I didn't even have like proper internet access at my house <laughs> at the time, but uh, cause we lived in the country, but yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, I, that's not something I would have noticed. So it's really neat that that's how that early on in the game, like that's how you found out about it. Cause I just saw a poster. <laughs> it's all about the details and really RIT didn't have a campus rep presence for Disney until I finished my program. And then me and Natasha were uh, the first two RIT reps in oh, Sarah too. But uh, so there was no presence, no nothing. I mean, there was, you know, some campus reps at MCC, but I don't go to MCC. I don't 
go around there. So I didn't know, you know, that way it was only by that, you know, I would say just randomly going on and looking at the schedule that I was able to see that was coming close to my town. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, their website was not the best back then. These are just kind of questions I'm curious about because I I like to see how different people's uh, presentation and, ex- and interview experiences were with me. I know you said you went to the presentation one day and you went back for the interview the next day. Did you have a one-on-one interview or did you have to do a group one? I did a one-on-one interview. I did group interviews both times. And I don't know, I guess, like, were there a lot of people at your presentation? Maybe that's there was There was a decent amount of recent people. Yeah, they they said they recruited pretty heavily from MCC. So it was, gotcha. a, it was a decent sized auditorium I and mean, obviously not BYU sized, you know, they, they got packed houses for those. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty decent. I mean, you know, bigger than most of my classes at RIT. So, but they, but you said you still had a one-on-one interview. I believe so. That's good. Yeah, I know. It's hard to remember. I had to really like dig back through my personal archives. Yes, I have those. Um, As a writer, I've, I've recorded a lot of things that probably shouldn't have been recorded at some points, but I definitely like, I know I had group interviews for both of mine. Um, but both of my presentations were pretty packed as well. And I also had to travel both times. It's like, one time, I think the first time it was about 30 minutes and the second time it was like 45. So I was like, this is not easy for me to get back here. So it could have also been that I did it that day, like right after the presentation. Yeah. It could have also been that if you couldn't make it the next day, you could interview that night. And yeah, I don't remember. (laughs) So, well, so you, you were full advantage. Um, And I I mean, obviously I kind of already said this, my last series toward the end, I think that, you know, I, I chose, summer because I'd already taken a semester off school for the fall 2001 program and I wanted to go back. And that was, I, I believe that was also even the last summer they did. They kind of, they hadn't had a summer only program at all in 2001, I believe. And then they brought it back for alumni only in 2002. They might've had it in 2003, but I don't know that they did. They had a summer alumni program in 2006, and I'm okay. still kicking myself to this day for not doing it because yeah, I was literally like- presenting, you know, in spring and didn't really have a co-op lineup for summertime. And I could have very easily <laughs> said, oh, there's one more application, me. Yeah. And, you know, probably, you know, would have gotten a pretty good attraction for some yeah, time. But- it was weird how they like, they kept bringing it back and then getting rid of it. And then, because prior to 2001, they had had a summer only program, but it was even more difficult to get into because that's the one everybody wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They got rid of it because they were like, well, we're training these people and they're leaving in two months, which I get. Then for me, it's like they brought me back and they still trained me in a brand new position. <laughs> Which seemed very stupid, but whatever. That that's a story I've already told and and don't want to get into again. But if you if anybody is listening and wants to hear my story about applying for the summer two thousand two program and the frustrations and nonsense that it involved and how I ended up not only in a completely different like park but also like job, uh, listen to episode six of my 2001 reunion series. Okay. So for you though, what made you choose the program that you did, which was fall advantage versus just just regular fall? Yeah. Yeah. The way I saw it was that why have five months when you could have seven, you know, I didn't have, I mean, aside from family, um, and the job at old Navy, like I didn't have, as much keeping me home, if you will. So I didn't have, you know, a ton of friends coming home from, you know, wherever other people were going to school. I didn't have a ton of friends at the time. You know, it was kind of a loner, not a loner, but you know what I mean. Um, so the incentive to stay home for summer was not there for me. So I wanted to go to Disney. I wanted to get this started. I wanted to get the party started. More importantly, you know, I, I was I was looking forward to that. Coming from a technical school, there's, you know, it's it's dull, very serious. You know, <laughs> ser- only serious business at RIT and uh, serious engineering, and you know, not a lot of fun. And I wanted to have fun, and so I, I made it so. 
Yeah, I, there's there's always been a part of me that regretted not doing Fall Advantage in 2001. But I, I mean, like my reasoning for it was kind of diff- it was the opposite of yours, right? Like I had a lot of younger friends. I applied the spring of my uh, freshman year as well. So for me, it was like, but I had, I still had friends who were in high school, like seniors in high school, because my high school was so small. So like you didn't, you weren't just friends with people in your class. You were friends with people one, two, sometimes even three classes below you. And I also, you know, my family was right there and I'd never, like I, I lived away from them, quote unquote, my first semester of college and it was like 30 minutes away and even and even my friends who had graduated high school most of them hadn't left actually i think almost none of them had maybe none of them at all so Oops. weirdly enough yeah but so yeah there there was a lot that was like keeping me there i won't say it was necessarily the best reasoning for not doing fall advantage but i also as much as there's parts of me that wish i had done fall advantage my first time around i also wouldn't have met like i wouldn't have had the roommate that i did and whatnot so so i also know that there's kind of like there's things that would have been different so i i now looking back it's like okay i wouldn't have actually changed it but at the time oh god i wish i had which right. i hadn't been so attached to my family <laughs> or my friends in in podunk connecticut so how long how long did it take for you to get your offer letter after you interviewed and then after you got your offer letter how soon did you accept the offer because I know like, you, you talked to your dad, but you know, I, was, le- I legitimately have my offer letter downstairs. Um, but you know, by the time I find it, it'll be yeah, know, a couple weeks maybe. So I did, I did just find it right before my Disney trips. So there's that. Mm-hmm. But we'll say you know a week or two. So a couple weeks. It wasn't spring break anymore. I was back to you know the grind. But I did get it. I was super excited. You know, I had already talked to my dad about you know committing to it and he's like yeah you know if that's what you want to do like you know it seems safe you know you're not going to get murdered it you know it looks really exciting um it's disney so you know we'll, we'll try to come down too and it's like all right cool let's do it and then i talked to my advisors as well before accepting and you know they kind of went through the same thing like that this sounds really cool and you know the main reason we're going to sign this and i'm always going to remember this after you know kind of having the conversation with our my advisor he's like yeah you can get four credits of independent study for you know taking a communications class and that'll count towards like an eventual concentration reminder and that and then we'll give you like you know a credit if you take you know another class so i would have to sign up for two of the classes which okay fine you know it's part of the you know holy trifecta of Disney um, college program back in the days. And he's like, you know, but the main reason, you know, I say you should do this is because you don't want to regret not doing it. You know, I, I don't want you to be the person that 20 years from now looks back on this and says, I regret not being able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that moment. That. Yep. And at oh. that moment he signed it and then handed me, he's like, yep go for it. And, uh, he honestly, I, I, I had some pretty great advisors in my early years at, at the writ. So I, there were some really good people. There were some really not so good people, but I didn't want to tell you that about, you know, any college, you know, not just RIT. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was one of the good ones, but he's like, yeah, you got to do this. <laughs> like you, you don't want to live your life in regret, you know, may kind of screw up your schedule a little bit and you have to work around that. And I did, you know, delayed my graduation by a you know quarter, but I don't regret it at all. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really nice uh, for my part, like parents wise. And I, again, I, I talked about this in my last years, but you know, my first, my first one, my mom went with me to the presentation. Cause she was like, I want to see what this is about. Right. My dad too. And, uh, my, my dad, like he, he knew obviously that I went to the presentation cause my mom went with me. But when the letter came, he was kind of like, mm, like I had to basically, he was like, are you sure? I don't think you should do this. And it, he was very, not totally anti it, like not telling me I can't, but definitely like not into it. And my advisor at college was like, well, this is going to mess up everything for you. I mean, she, it, it, but I, I also already knew 
that I was not going back to that school. Like probably I, there, there was very little chance that I was going to go back to that school after I came back. Uh, I was, I had already been kind of looking at transferring, even if I didn't do the college program for my sophomore year. So, you know, in the end it was, it was kind of whatever. And then when I, the 2002 one, I didn't, I didn't even tell my parents I was going to the presentation. I was like, I don't, I don't really care. You know, like I'm going to, I'm 19 now and uh, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I, I, I went to the presentation. I told them, I told them after the fact, and I had already applied and been accepted to a different college. And I was transferring to one um, in Virginia. So way out of state, way away from Connecticut. So they're only at that point, they were like, yeah, whatever, do what you want, you know, but their their qualm about it was, oh, but you're going to be gone all summer. And then you're going to be home for like two weeks and then have to turn around and go again. And I was like, I don't care. I don't want to be here. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be here. Yeah. I came home and it was just like, Going from such a big world back to such a small world was it's just hard to go back. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get into that later in the series for sure. But okay, now let's talk about how we got down to Disney. Because this was very different for me the second time than it was the first time. Uh, my first time, my parents were like, you can't drive all the way from Connecticut to Orlando. So we flew, I flew with my family and my grandparents drove my car down for me. But then I drove home from the college program with a friend who like my friend flew down from Connecticut. My parents paid for the God back then $200 at most. I think it was less than that plane ticket so that she could drive home with me. And then this time it was, it was the same thing. It was actually the same friend who drove home with me. She drove down with me from Connecticut. um, And then, you know, my parents paid the extremely cheap, my God, plane tickets back then. But I drove from Connecticut all the way to Savannah, which was, I mean, shit, I don't know, 16 hours or something, 15 hours. And then we also stopped in Daytona for a day because I wanted to go to the beach. <laughs> but I do remember that coming back, you know, because this is me coming back. And also the first time I drove to the college program, I just remember that I couldn't stop smiling. And it's still that way, even when I go back now to visit. If I'm driving, I cannot stop grinning when I take that LBV exit or that Disney exit because like as ready as I was to leave in January 2002 and honestly, as ready as I've been to leave every time since then, the moment I get back, it's like I'm coming home. You see, you see those, you see those landmarks and you just know that you're home. Like, you know, what's, you know, what's weird is for me. It's there's a random school that is between the Orlando air between MCO and Walt Disney World. And whenever you take that toll road, you always pass this like school. And I know that school from like our first trip in 96 when we drove the rental car by it. And then I saw it again in 99 and I saw it on the mirrors bus in 2002. And it's just like, I know this every single time. And it's just like, that's my landmark that I'm here. I know it's, yeah. Yeah. So I flew, I used this mechanical invention called an airplane and um, you didn't have a car when you were there. Correct. And uh, I do not regret that because there are definitely some horror stories from my cousin who did the program in 2004 about just not being able to make ends meet with, you know, gas and insurance and cell phone bills and all that jazz, but that's besides the point. But yeah, I got I, I got down. It was I'd like to say, God, I don't, yeah, it was Airtran. It was on May twenty second, two thousand two. I was the first person in my family to fly since September eleventh happened. So I was that first person. You know, obviously, whole fam drove me to the airport, gave me hugs. You know, cried. Couldn't couldn't see you well, off though the way my yeah, friend. Yeah, they my didn't do that. Literally got to go off. through security and see me. Like my family was going with me because we flew together, but my friends got to go through security and see me off to my college program in mid-August, two thousand one. Uh, nope, oh, all me, all me. I, I, there was you know national guardsman with an M sixteen. You know, was kind of walking around, whatever, and um, <clears throat> you know checked my two 
giant ass pieces of uh you know luggage that you know, were from for the free. 70s for free yes and uh <laughs> definitely from the 70s and definitely way too heavy for uh my scrawny uh my scrawny self back then to uh carry around but anyways so get to the air uh, airport you know get on the plane um you know this is the end of may but it's also rochester so they have to de-ice the plane before we take off so you know they spray the plane at the end of may and uh make sure that's good to go and then you know once you get on the runway, you're clear for takeoff. The uh, streaks of the icer fluid that are on your window all of a sudden became hyperspace uh, streaks and go from this to this. You're off. You're, you're, you're right. gone. You're out of state. You're far away from anything that's held you back or anything of that nature. So just just out of curiosity, that was 2002. In 2022, do they still have to de-ice planes in Rochester in May? So funny story. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so flew out of Buffalo two weeks ago for the Disney trip. Had to de-ice the plane. Oh my god. I yeah. don't know how. It you was do at 7:30 in the morning. I don't know how you do it living in these cold climes. <laughs> warm, warm sweaters. Yeah, and no. fleeces, all the and, fleeces, and not not leaving the house except for going to work for months on end. I mean, I've been Pretty there, much. but I don't miss it. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty so much. I actually, I, I guess I, as long as we have been friends, and this is this is kind of a almost besides the point story, but it probably needs to be told. Jonathan and I were on the program at the same time, at least for the summer of 2002, but we didn't actually meet in person until summer 2004. This is and no, it was uh, 2003. It was 2003. I thought it was 2004, but okay. So, so whatever. It was, it was, it was, it was definitely after the fact, right? Yeah. Cause we met online, uh, on message boards. Unofficial Disney boards. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's cool. I like it. (laughs) Nice. Like, so he, you came down for like a visit or something when I was back there working seasonally or whatever. And, and, I came down for a visit. I stayed with uh, one of my uh, lady friends from the program. And um, I think she was working that day. So she couldn't pick me up from the airport. So I'm like, uh, kind of in this situation, I can either stay at the airport for hours on end or someone want to help me out. I'm campus drive so I can get into the parks, yada, yada, yada. You don't have to main gate me. And Tara was like, yo. This guy's cool, which, you know, okay. Well, we were um, talking online for a long yeah, you, ass time. You and you were you clearly did. like a very trustworthy, cool, like trustworthy person, right? I still like, don't know about nerds. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, nowadays I don't, I, I don't know how often things like that happen. But yeah, I definitely went and picked you up from the airport. This yep. strange thing in that your, I never In your blue in- truck, your electric yeah. blue truck. That's stupid. Okay, so it was definitely 2004 then because I did not have that in 2000. Okay. But yeah, that, that it must have been summer 2004. And so that that's the funny story of we were on the college program at the same time, but I also didn't realize after all these years, and maybe I did like earlier on, like when we were first talking online and stuff, that you checked in this, you must have checked in on what, May 22nd? May 22nd, 2002. Yeah, so I did as well. So we checked oh, in on the same damn day and still wow. didn't meet until online after the fact or in person like two years later i I almost i almost i almost guarantee that you've loaded me at pirates before or i've seen you on pirates because i still went on the damn thing all the time but i didn't work here that summer which i'll get into in a minute i well i did i did some i did a couple i picked up shifts yeah i picked up shifts at pirates I think I picked up two shifts at Pirates, and but they were very hard to come by because Pirates is a really good <laughs> ride to work at. So I did pick up quite a few uh, parade shifts at the Magic Kingdom and also ATT, mm. which was Aladdin Tiki Tree. So I, I worked Aladdin a couple times, but I worked the entrance to Tiki a lot because you don't – or not Tiki. I'm sorry. Uh, the Swiss Women Arms yeah, Tree the, Yeah, the tree house. For that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe passed you by. And, and did you – so you checked on May 22nd. So you were at Vista then. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I, I thought you were, but I was like, shoot, maybe I'm going to remember. No, this away for life. Do you remember what it apartment was you were in? 2410. So we were on the third floor of building 24. Um, you could see the clubhouse from our window. Uh, you also did not have any neighbors above you, which was really nice. 
um, kind of on the um, western part of Vista, like northwestern part of Vista, but still stupid close to the clubhouse. Um, you know, sometimes they had to run to get to the bus, but, you know, that's because he slept in. Um, <laughs> I met, I would say, two of my roommates on the bus ride there. So, you know, I met my roommate roommate um, on the bus. Like, you know, it's basically you get off the bus I th or you get off the plane, you know, with your dreams in a cardigan and you go down to the mirror's desk. And I'm pretty sure I made a reservation ahead of time. I don't exactly recall whether or not you paid ahead of time for the mirror's bus or you paid there. I don't know. But you go to the mirrors bus, you're like, yep, going to Vista Way. Like, all right, just join the line of, you know, losers over there. So you just get on this bus and a bunch of people are on there. So I try to sit next to people and start to make conversations because, hey, this is, you know, kind of what you're here for is to make friends. And so I start talking with them and, you know, we wait a bit more for some more people. And, you know, one of the guys was pretty cool. I'm like, all right, you should be more. All right, cool. Let's do it. So we get off the bus, we take a picture of like all six or, you know, seven of us that rode the bus, rode near's bus, because um, we're really cool people like that. Yeah, it was me and Mike and um, Gus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was on the bus, too. Yeah. And then one of the other girls that was on the bus with us, she ended up being like, you know, our basically our seventh roommate, like our, our sister roommate, because she had a huge crush on Mike, but that's besides the point. Anyways, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then we just, you know, wait in line, you wait in line for a while, you find out how your destiny is going to be gone, whether, you know, what room you get in, your keys, you know, you sign all the forms, you do all the, you know, whatever's, and then, you know, you take all your stuff to your apartment. And then I realized really quick that I can't get my bags up because, hey, it's three stores up. And as and I said, I'm a wimp. <laughs> well, I was a wimp and, you know, couldn't, you know, lift a freaking 50 pound, uh, you know, suitcase back then because, you know, technical school. Hey. Um, and uh, so we eventually got that up. And then, you know, just throughout the day, more roommates came in and, uh, you know, we finally got all filled and then we went to the introductory um you know meeting that was at the clubhouse and we're like hey you know what's going on okay everyone sign up for your bank account everyone sign up for a direct deposit mm -hmm. um we better not see you with any alcohol a little, bit of, a little bit of a scam there also it's <laughs> well whatever the, the, it was the bank, the banking stuff like i mean it was it, was, it wasn't it was because a it, credit was, card. it made you feel part of the magic yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was like they didn't. If you were on the college program, you didn't get fees, right? So mm -hmm. like, you didn't get fees taken out, which was nice, but it's still like definitely a little bit of a scam because they're like, this is this makes it easy. Put your money in this bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Was, I mean, you know, no fee ATMs close. You know, in case I needed to deposit money when, you know, like, you know, aunts or relatives or whatever, you know, gave you extra checks, you know, like, oh, here's some, you know, a couple hundred, you know, a hundred bucks or something like that. Like, you know, it's like to be a poor college student. Here you go. And I was like, wow, thanks. So, you know, you could just drive to Vista, you know, Federal Credit Union, which is what was called back then. And, you know, deposit that money. And, you know, that was after your day. And uh, yeah, good times. But uh, it was that. And then one of our roommates had a car. And only one of our roommates. No, there's the other one had a car too. I forget. Yeah, he did. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, um, so we went to the Walmart. You know, we uh, you know bought all the things. We spent way too much money. Um, about you know maybe twenty five percent of the food that we bought on that first day was actually eaten. Um, because <clears throat> you always you know you go shopping. And you're like, yeah, I totally want this, and then it never. never yeah, you don't have time to cook stuff. And... Uh, taco meat. Yeah, we're totally going to make tacos together as, you know, uh, uh, you know, apartment of six. And then that never happens. Um, and uh, we get back and do we cook with any of that food? Hell no. We go to Bennigan's uh, right outside. So I was pretty excited. I've never been to a Bennigan's before. Um, yeah, I got like this steak and ribs combo special. Why do I remember this after 20 years? I don't know, but it was delicious. I remember that. And I remember that's how I knew I liked my steak cooked medium because I didn't know how to order steaks because again, 19 year old technical school. I mean, to be honest, you're probably safe with a medium steak at yeah. Bennigan's anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was for the best. 
But the important part is that I ate my food. It was really good. It's so funny because you you mentioned Bennigan's, and I don't know exactly when that particular Bennigan's closed, but right. right, it was it was a chain, and I know it was still open when I was there in two thousand six. Okay. No, it might have been. It, it might have closed before that. It was definitely open when I was there in two thousand four. Um, but. Yeah, it, 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 Bennigan's is like basically one of those like left for dead chains where there is still there is still I believe one in existence. In like no, that's Chi-Chi's. No, that's Chi-Chi's. The only Chi-Chi's known in existence is like in Abu Dhabi, and then aside from that, the only way you know you can buy Chi-Chi salsa, you know Wegmans or whatever. Oh, I'm looking. Hold on, there. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Okay. So yes, Bennigan still exists. I don't mean to interrupt you. Bennigan still okay. exists. There is one in Melbourne, Florida. There is one in I Texas. To Melbourne all the time. Yeah, one in uh, one in Texas, one in Melbourne, Florida, one in Michigan, one in Ohio, one in North Dakota. No, two in Texas, two in Texas, one in North Dakota, several in Iowa, and one in Illinois. So there's 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 literally like there's. Oh gosh, eleven Bennigans left in existence. But it was a big wow. chain for a while. It was a big and deal. Yeah. And and I, I remember it. it closing and being like, oh, but that was like the site of so many good memories. It was it was fun. Oh, you know, so many, so many dinners there and the, the chicken tender for the bum. The yeah, chicken tenders are eight plus. Food. And yeah. I may or may not have known one of the bartenders who may or may nice. not have fed me drinks even though i was only 19 years old so there's that yeah. uh, so you were in building 24 i was in building 12 i i'm 99 sure i was in 1207 no i know i know i was in 1207 which i'd had a two-bedroom apartment my first time my first college program so this i chose a three-bedroom because i was like eh, more people i'll meet more people that did not turn out to be the case because uh, my roommates were not like I, my immediate roommate was great. She was super, super sweet, but like we had like next to nothing in common and Morgan breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice person. Great roommate. Like we were both the sort of like quiet, not bothering each other. And we also were the first people in the apartment. So we got the front bedroom with the private bathroom. Nice. But yeah, I had one of my roommates was a friend of Mickey. Uh, also very nice. Also very nice girl. But she worked just I mean, her hours were so crazy, like so early every morning and everything. And because I think she was a friend of Mickey at some breakfast places. Uh, and my, my other three roommates were from Puerto Rico. And there were just a lot of cultural issues there. There was a lot of bringing their boyfriends over and they the the, the air conditioning thing was a problem. Um, at one point we got, like we had to actually put a post-it note on the- Yeah, the thermometer. Yeah, like we had to put a post-it note saying, you cannot turn the air conditioning down to 50 degrees. <laughs> I literally had to go buy an extra comforter for my bed. Wow because they would turn it down so low. And they also had an issue with like leaving pots of food on the stove for like days at a time. Ew. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into the, the cultural differences there and why why that was an issue, but it was, uh, and, and yeah. <laughs> I ended up not really spending much time in that apartment ever. Uh, I basically only slept there when I had no other choice. I spent a lot of my time in building 28, in fact, which I think might have been near where your building was because building 28 um, was by was by the little Vista pool. Like off, it was like right when you come in the Vista entrance, it was like that set of buildings kind of yep. right off the side, to the right side where there was a pool right there. I know, I know where you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. So, so I spent a lot of time there, but that's that's something I'll get into hopefully on the on episode two of this series because I'm hoping that my friend Kelly, who I slept at her apartment a lot, <laughs> will nice. will join. But yeah, so my my living experience turned into a kind of hell pretty quickly. But yeah, talk about that more later. Um, at least I had the front bedroom with a private bathroom, and my immediate roommate was really cool. Like again, didn't have much in common with her, but very nice girl. So that was a plus. So. Uh, weirdly enough, I remember absolutely nothing about this check-in process because I did remember some things about my first one, 
But, you know, like you said, you came off the mirror shuttle and you, you know, you got in line with these people and you knew who your roommates were going to be because you were in line with these people. And mine didn't. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, maybe not the, yeah, maybe not all of them. But so, so like my first one, because I was in a two bedroom and there were very, there weren't that many two bedrooms. It was only, you know, the top floor of each building. It was, and, and I guess like I just happened to not be in line near anybody who was checking in for a two bedroom. I didn't meet my roommates till I got to my apartment. This time I also didn't meet any of them, but I think it was because I think I was actually the first person in the apartment this time. So I think that uh. you know, everybody else, like maybe I was in line with a bunch of guys. I, I don't know, but it was weird. That's like, I was like, Oh, but I was in line with my roommates. I'm like, I never was. And I, the first time it made sense, but this time I don't, there's no sense to it. I just looked up the map, by the way. Um, building 24 and 27 are on complete opposite sides. So oh, 27 so was right next to the mailroom and the education office. And 24 was like not. It was like shoved in the corner right next to buildings 39 and 40. Yeah. It did, to be fair, yeah, that didn't the, the layout didn't really make sense. So I guess yeah. I should have known that. Yeah. So other than having trouble getting into getting your stuff up to your apartment because you had heavy suitcases, like anything, any memories about moving into your apartment, like meeting your roommates for the first time, anything like that? I mean, we had an extremely diverse group. So, you know, we had roommates from uh, Florida, New York, me, obviously, uh, Texas, uh, Indiana, um, Iowa. That was our, uh, you know, gay, uh, you know, theater major. And uh, Alaska. That was Judd, not Gus, but Judd. And uh, yeah, so extremely diverse from all across America. And, you know, I got along with all of them, except for the one from Florida, because he kept trying to hit on any girls I would bring over to hang out with. Yeah, it was extremely diverse group, which is really cool. You know, it was my first time living with a gay guy. So that was awesome, because you get to learn about that culture as well, that they're just normal people. And that's, yeah, you know, yeah. Being, that's, being from kind of like upstate New York, it's like, how much were you actually? I'm going to RIT. Like, how much were you actually exposed to that? Yeah, I, I, no, Rochester's extremely gay friendly. Um, and well, now, I mean, was it? No, then? back then, back then we were pretty, uh, oh, okay. pretty progressive, and that was that was cool. But you know, roommates were good. Uh, our roommates across the hall, you know, a bunch of girls were really good. Uh, my friend Linda, whom you've met before, or I think you have, I don't remember, but, uh, you know, met her, you know, cause she was next door. So, you know, we got along well with the girls across the hall. Um, I think that, uh, first night we went to downtown Disney with, you know, the people from the bus because they were the only people we knew and, uh, you know, just kind of walked around and it felt very like whenever you watch that, you know, any episodes of like, you know, early 2000s, real world right you know the first episode is they all move in they all introduce themselves then they all walk around and you know it looks really filmed but like oh yeah we're all getting to know each other while hanging out at you know whatever walking spot for shopping there is and that's what it felt like and that's not necessarily a bad thing it was really awesome and that was day one and then we went passed out and you know <laughs> next day was you know pretty much hang out until the meetings. And I think I went to Dixie Landings, AKA Portland's Riverside and sent my parents a postcard and, uh, you know, cause that was pretty neat. And cause I wanted to check out that resort cause it's been a while, been a whole three years. <laughs> a whole three years. Whole so three years. I guess um, you said like you, you, cause you brought this up and this was the thing that changed after my college program was that if you are under 21, you have to work in a wellness apartment, right? Yep. So your apartment is either other people who are under 21 for the most yep. part, or it is people who, who are over 21 and don't want to be, in an apartment where there might be parties like they don't necessarily not drink but they don't want to be in a party apartment which is fine Correct. obviously uh but for me it was such a huge change because uh that wasn't the case in 2001 
Uh, the, the case in 2001 was you just were like, I don't want to be in a wellness department. And then you didn't have to be in a wellness department, no matter how old you were. Yep. So for me, it was like, oh, God, now I can't have alcohol there, in my at all. Without getting into too many details, there are ways around that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I absolutely had alcohol in my I don't, I'm not afraid to say this. I'm never going to work for Disney again. And also who from Disney is going to actually watch this and be like, Oh, I'm going to mark this person's name down. But yeah, they, 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 yeah, I'm a, yeah. Oh, I've been on. Trust me. After my last webcast series about my 2001 <laughs> program, I would definitely be on the naughty list if anybody watched that anyway. So I, I definitely had alcohol in my apartment and we also had alcohol in other apartments. I was visiting that were not that were like wellness apartments, but it was just it was such a difference for like you know checking in and just automatically being shoved into this like technically sorry you can't party you know realm and I'm like the fuck I ain't I ain't I ain't obeying these rules <laughs> like. <laughs> Not after my 2001 <laughs> program. This, this program was so different for me, party-wise, anyway. But, okay, so all, all that said, work assignments. My first college program, I, there was, like, some sort of mess up with paperwork, and I actually got I, – I started working several days later than everybody else that's, that checked in the same day as me. This time around, I didn't really have that issue. So I, I basically got my job assignment right away, or at least the generic, like, you're working in Disney's Animal Kingdom quick service info. Mm -hmm. But what about you? Like, did you, you kind of, when you tried, what, what was your work assignment experience like? So pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. So, you know, the second day they go through, you know, okay, here's what your role is going to be. Here's what you're going to be doing. So you're going to be, oh, your attractions host at Epcot. Cool. Well, okay. And then they flip through, okay. Interventions host, hostess. Okay. Well, like, uh, what was that? I don't remember that back then. Okay. I was hoping to go on a ride, but all right, cool. Well, What's that? And then they like, oh yeah, you love the costumes are cool. They're like polyester. And then he like the he or she flips through the like, yes, I know excruciating polyester costumes of tomorrow. Um, <laughs> they flip through the guidebook and he's like, oh, here's what your costume looks like. Oh, cool. There's a vest. Like, all right, this will this will work, I guess. And um, then. You're like, yep. So discovery day is, you know, on this day and here's your ID and, you know, you can go, you know, play in the parks now or, you know, whatever, because now you have your ID. So we went to, you know, MGM that night and did Tower of Terror and, you know, took a nice picture of us roommates, you know, and, you know, while waiting in queue for Tower and, uh, you know, had a good time out of it. Then there was discovery day, which is the Epcot's orientation. The so, only one I haven't been through, so I'm jealous. Oh man, oh man, you missed out. What a shit show! I mean, we were all doing like lines of margaritas, and uh, you know, it didn't Why? matter what age you were. Lines, <laughs> lines of margs, uh, all through the nose too. I think, uh, I, I think, I think you're, I think you're mis, I think you're mistaking this for like all of our drinking possibly. around the world experience. It all kind of blurs together, but the now they um, you know go through the history of the park and mm -hmm. they you know walk you through you know where a bunch of stuff's supposed to be, and then they gather um, you know and this isn't there anymore, but it was called like Inventors Plaza, and it was um, closer to like the land, but um, there's a spot where there's was. A bunch of like inventors names and you know what they invented on the ground and it's like a walk of fame but for inventors so there's like you know farnsworth the television or you know edison for the light bulb which isn't a true statement but okay yeah. and uh, <laughs> make everyone you know stand there and then like you know person radioed you know control or whatever and they played a you know pre-recorded announcement hey these people are doing this cast member strap guy and so a bunch of guys were like are you okay i guess i'll clap and so we were all kind of like you know standing there in our um you know nice formalist business casual clothes and then they took a picture of all of us in front of spaceship earth and said they'd email to us and i don't think they ever did 
So that's sad. Yeah. I know it's unfortunate, but I. So yeah, I, I, I obviously I haven't been to Discovery Day. I went through Once Upon a Time is Now, which is the Magic Kingdom one in, mm -hmm. for my first college program. I went through oh my gosh something show on with the show on with the show. Thank you I for for Hollywood Studios, aka we know it as MGM. Yep. in 2006 when I was a manager there. But for this particular program, being assigned to Animal Kingdom, it was a weird, like, how did I get this, like, good-ass joint? Because, be, like, being assigned to Animal Kingdom, especially as a college program student, you're not, you don't have to work the opening, like, breakfast shifts if your restaurant even has breakfast, which I don't think uh, Pizza Fari at the time did. They might now. But I'm pretty sure they didn't have breakfast, so they didn't even open till you know 10 or 11 a.m. Nice. So I never had to work super early in the morning, and I, I did have to do like some early training, opening training. When you you if you're opening Pizza Fari, I think you have to get there at like seven or eight or whatever. That's whatever. Like I never had to actually work an opening shift. I don't think. Or if I did, it was like very, very few of them. But that's that's something I'll I have to like look back through my archives <laughs> and see if I ever whined about having to work an opening shift. What I did want to say in regards to like me starting my job is that I I never truly appreciated Animal Kingdom. Um, I actually went no, to does. Animal Kingdom right after it opened in. I think it opened in 98, I believe. So I, I did. Yes. Yeah. So I was, I went to Animal Kingdom. So I, I did, I was part of like my music group from high school went and performed at Magic Kingdom on a stage too, not in a parade on, on a stage in, in Tomorrowland. So I, I feel like I'm not 100% sure that I went to Animal Kingdom then because that was April of 98. So it was literally right after it would have opened because it opened on Earth Day. But I definitely went that summer and I, I and I'd gone to Disney once after that, like before my first college program. And then of course I went to Animal Kingdom, you know, several times at least on my 2001 college program. But I, I was always kind of like, eh, Animal Kingdom, whatever. It's like, it's a big park land-wise, but it's small. There's not that much to do. Obviously things have changed so much since then. But when mm -hmm. I did Daclamation for this program, for the summer 2002 program, I fell in love with that park. Like Daclamation just... The, the the information it gives you, the the reasoning it gives you behind why Animal Kingdom exists and what they're trying to do and everything was and, and I don't remember all of the details. Obviously, it's been twenty freaking years. Literally right. it, well, maybe it's I'm sorry, it's been nineteen years, eleven months and like three weeks or something. But don't age me I, too I, much. But but I definitely just remember being like holy shit, I did not appreciate this park enough, like ever. And since no. then, what, what, I, what I learned to love about Animal Kingdom, not just through the mission and everything that I learned in Daclamation, but also working there, is there's like, and I get, it's different now, I think, because everything is so crowded all the time at Disney, the way it wasn't even you know, five or six, seven years ago, but there, there were all these little like nooks and crannies where you can just go and like sit in a little like cave. That's like kind of half, it's like dug down into the ground. You can watch some fish swim around and stuff. I'm not talking about yeah. the walkthrough places. I'm talking about just random little places. There was one right across from pizza Fari where I worked and I, I just, Daclamation just really, I wish that everybody who went to Animal Kingdom could go through Daclamation because I think that they would learn to appreciate everything that that park is and does way more if they experience that training. I I wish I went to it more than what I did. I think I only went like two or three times. And, you know, it's just there wasn't a ton of stuff to do, you know, aside from Safari and Encanto to Extinction and, you know tough to be a bug there in Kali River Epids, but that was it. Mm -hmm. Like the, and the Lion King show. The Lion and King. the Lion King. Yeah, the Lion King show. But 
there wasn't much to do. So there wasn't really incentive to go. And I, you know, plus it was, you know, also, you know, the temperature of the sun, um, you know, by like, you know, 10 o'clock there. Well, yeah. I mean, because there's so many more plants there. So yeah. it's, it's like it's on jungle average, out there. 10 degrees hotter at Animal Kingdom than it is at any yeah. of the other parks. It's, it's a, a jungle out there. You can't really get people <laughs> to go. And I went one time on, I don't know if it was a date or not a date. I don't remember, but someone wanted to go to Animal Kingdom. She wanted to go with me. So we went and then, I mean, it didn't go south. It's just, we didn't have enough to talk about kind of deal so we did the animal kingdom okay. thing and she actually did she actually did know of a really good um place in asia for lunch that was like thai noodles and it was a plus that i would have never known had it not been for rain so thanks rain yeah, when I was uh, when I was training at Pizza Fari, and it's not I, I don't want to talk too much about the experience I had at Pizza Fari because I want to get into that in the second episode of this webcast. But my first like immediate experience with training was they 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 mixed their own sauces. They mixed like like it wasn't all just like a bunch of frozen like the pizza crusts were frozen, but we made everything fresh on site in like, wow. that morning yeah and right. i i mean I, I say everything i mean the, the this there were sandwiches that don't even exist anymore which to this day i know exactly how they're built and i would make one in a hot second because they were so good i don't remember what they called them but it was like ham turkey provolone pesto sauce tomatoes on ciabatta bread and like went through the like, fire ovens. Oh my God. They were so good. Hey, oh, oh, and Caesar and Caesar salad after they went through the oven. So you did, it was like when you went through the oven, it was like an open face thing with like half the meat and cheese on each side. Right. Yeah. And then you, and, and, and the tomatoes, and then you smush, like you put like a scoop of Caesar salad on it and smush it together. Oh my God. It was so good. Like put like, that in my mouth. Go in there too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, it was like I don't remember I don't remember the exact like stacking situation, but it was, you know, turkey ham, provolone, oh, and Swiss, provolone and Swiss cheese. Oh and pesto sauce Fancy. and tomatoes. So I think it was like half and half on each side, right? And then my minus the the pesto was like on one side and the tomatoes were on the other, whatever. But then after it came through the ovens, you put a bunch of Caesar salad, just just the obviously just the lettuce and dressing on mm -hmm. it. And it was, oh my God. And and they also like the bread sauce that they put on their pizzas and that they used for the dipping sauce for their breadsticks, which were also amazing was it was like the red sauce came plain and then we added stuff to it. So I, like, I remember going through training and I actually spent most of my time working there in the kitchen, which was amazing. But yeah, I, I, I'll get into that in later. Now I want to know what you put in the sauce. I don't remember, but it, like it, they don't do that anymore. Like I've been back to Pizza Fari since then. It's like, oh, it's so lame now. Like everything is so whatever. Anyway, so I'll get into that in later iterations of this webcast. But mm -hmm. at, at that point, it was like going through that training. Not only did Declamation make me super proud to be working at Animal Kingdom, which was something I never expected. Uh, I'm again, I'm still to this day sad that. Epcot, my favorite park, is the only one I haven't gotten to go through, like Discovery Day and everything. Tears. But I'm, I'm literally wearing my Epcot shirt now. Because... Nice. But like, you know, I, 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 Declamation and and going through that training and, and like how hardcore they were about the food at Pizza Fari, at least I don't know how it was elsewhere. And I know it's not, it's, none of it is the same now it was just like, it made me really proud to work in a job that I actually thought I was going to despise. So on that note, so your training experiences. So, yeah. So other than at, discovery day, when you yeah, went so, to interventions, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. So at the end of discovery day, they basically like, you know, it's like a half day thing. And then they put everyone back into a conference room and, you know, your trainer basically comes in and calls people's names. And those are the people that you're going to work with. So, you know, one person will come in and, you know, they're wearing this costume or that costume or whatever. Okay. You know, so-and-so and so-and-so and then interventions is like one of the last ones finally okay you know jonathan and michelle yeah we won and uh so we follow this guy you know 
<laughs> we, we, you know, just, you know, this is Disney. This is implicit trust for everything. So you immediately just, you know, walk up and, you know, follow the strange adult, um, you know, to, you know, wherever you need to go. So, you know, he's showing us some cool stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, there's the, you know, tornado shelter in case of a tornado. You go down, you know, that door and, you know, it immediately goes downstairs. So escort guests down there. Okay, well, I'm going to write that down just in case of tornado. Um and, uh, you know, we basically kind of started doing some of the training like that very day. I think we went and got lunch, like all three of us, and then did the actual, uh, you know, some of the training stuff that day. And then me and the other person that started at the same time, Michelle, we went upstairs into the offices because backstage at Interventions East was a bunch of offices. So in Interventions East, rest in peace, it's now called uh, Connections Cafe, um, where, you know, Electric Umbrella also used to stand RIP Electric Umbrella. So upstairs was a bunch of offices and, you know, cool stuff like that. And, you know, we went in a conference room and they basically gave us scripts and said, hey, okay, read your script. You know, you have like 20 minutes to study a script and then, you know, we'll have you do it. So, um, you kind of read the script and, you know, kind of go on it from there and, you know, they want to see how much you're looking down at the, you know, page or not looking down at the page or whatever. So they had one, you know, presenter role and one host role. So I was not good enough to get the presenter role. Um, you know, the other person did that and it being ultimate home theater on the West side. So like, yep, the host position is at Motorola. It's on the East side. And, um, so, you know, okay, we'll, you know, put you with your trainers for that. And luckily it was the same guy. So that part worked out pretty well. And, uh, so he kind of, you know, trained me up on, uh, Motorola with two, um, full-timers that were actual like non-CP people that, you know, transferred to interventions. So I kind of trained with them all three of them at the same time for not just interventions where, you know, you, you've trained for the larger interventions area and then you get your interventions patch, which you can wear, you know, on your costume, you know, name tags on the left, your patch was on the right side of your vest. You and then as patch? no, ah, um, asterisk, but, uh, the, as you train for different venues within interventions, you get the patches for those. So when you work at that venue, you wear that patch. So I could be, for example, at Motorola and I'm wearing a Motorola patch and then they might need some people over at, you know, the iZone, the internet zone, because the internet was a thing back then. And then you would, you know, take off that, you know, Motorola patch, you put on the internet zone patch and boom, now you're a cast member at, at the internet zone or, you know, near in Toontown or, you know, whatever you need to do. But I was exclusively at Motorola at the communications dream forum presented by Motorola. And uh, which, you know, I would say I was disappointed I didn't get the presenter role because I had done the ultimate home theater back in 99 as a guest. So that's what I remembered about interventions was UHT and I didn't get it. It was kind of like, oh man, you know, did I make a decision about coming down here? You know, things like that. And actually working at Motorola ended up being more oriented towards my actual uh, career um, as it was. So, you know, amazing how fate kind of works out like that. And it ended up being like a great role because there's four positions. You didn't have to learn a script. You just had to make sure that no kids, you know, walk near the A100 audio animatronic and uh you know get smacked and uh you know possibly have their heads popped off you know small things like that um you know but you know while you're waiting try to you know, entice guests to go into the formative vision of the future and you know talk to them get to know them you know things like that and then in the post show you get to like you know kind of make sure the guests were having a good time with all the latest motorola cell phones including i95cl which was a color next cell phone which was a revolution at the time and uh it also had java on it so you could play snood so maybe we did that when we were in the theater which was considered a safety position so we had to be inside the theater and maybe we would do that while um you know the the show was going on you That's know funny. not in front of guests of course you know it was kind of like towards yeah, the yeah. back but you know but it was you know back then that was the start of um uh, people being addicted to cell phones. Yeah. And yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, was- well, an event interventions not existing anymore is such a weird I'm thing so for me because I, you know, all the places I've worked still exist. They don't, they aren't the same, obviously, mm-hmm. as they were in 2001, 2002, 2003, 4, 5, 6. <laughs> but they do still exist. And so I, I, I guess I, I, that's not something I want to talk about this because I'm hoping you'll. Will you be able to come back for future webcasts? Because that is something yes. I would like to talk. Okay, good. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay, good. Because I, I do want to save. Beer. Yeah, I do want to save some stuff for future webcasts. So I want to save definitely some more specifics about like how the rest of your college program went. Your experience <coughs> also like because I was only there for the summer. Like mm-hmm. I like I I'm hoping Kelly, one of my friends, will be able to join us next time, and we'll be able to talk you know more about kind of mid to late summer and then on our last one. I'm just kind of going to like fade out, but I would love to hear about y'all's like later experiences uh, for fall and everything. So on that note, any last thoughts about your first experiences with the college program, like applying, checking in, arriving, training, anything like that? Um, You know, for, for me, it was awesome. I had a great time with it. I didn't really have any problems. Um, you know, this is also early 2000s. So, you know, it was a lot of, you know, there there was some thinking independently. There wasn't someone to hold your hand the whole time. I mean, they gave mm-hmm. you a checklist, but you're basically flying to Orlando with a piece of paper that said, Congrat-, you know, okay, you filled out all your stuff online. Here's your printed confirmation. And I still have that folder that has all that paperwork, including the acceptance letter, just in case they didn't know that I was coming down. But you know, just to go into a situation that blind, like 20 years later, you think, oh man, nobody does that anymore. But, you know, the, that amount of like risk that, you know, people would take back then of, you know, okay, I got a letter. That means that I'm coming down. Like that was nuts, <laughs> but you know, good nuts. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you need to do things on your own in order to know more about yourself. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that you being a year behind me, college wise, and also college program wise, it's definitely an interesting conversation because things were so different on the college program for sure. But also, you still have that like fresh, like I started a year after you perspective because things change so much. Uh, So we'll definitely get into that in episode two, which isn't quite scheduled yet, but it will be, you know, sometime late June, maybe early July. It depends on my time. I'm I'm hoping late June-ish. So a month, a month and a half-ish from now. So on that note, thank you again, Jonathan, for joining me. And I can't wait till our next episode because we have so much more to get into. But follow me across the web at A Geek Saga for updates on when you can catch the next episode in this WDWCP 2002 20-year anniversary series, which will focus on us settling in for our college programs, getting into our jobs, touch on some of our favorite or least favorite experiences, and more. Have a great night. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Geek Saga podcast. If you like what you heard, please check out other Geek Saga entertainment endeavors, including the Sagas and Sass webcast and podcast and Ice and Fire Con.